Well, I don't see the point in waiting any longer. So let's bring her out. A star attraction. The one you came to see. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Ms. Judy Gold. I just want to say, our guest today, I love him. I love him. You know those people you see and you're always happy to see them? And there's not a lot of them where you see them and it automatically brings a smile to your face, no matter what you're dealing with. It makes you just want to grab the person and hug them. That is our guest today. He is fucking hilarious. He's really smart. I just adore him on so many levels. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Will Sylvans is here! Will Sylvans! Thank you for having me. I was, I, I thought... Someone else was on when you're doing that introduction. Yeah, I'm like, who else is here? It's you, Poo Poo. It's you. Well, Judy I, Gold, fucking, I love you so much. I love you. No, I love you. Like, I fucking love you. Thank you. I love you more, damn it. Judy uh, Gold yeah. is what I'm told. Yeah, that's right, baby. Now, Will, I don't know if you've ever listened to my podcast. We go into a deep dive of growing up. And I do a lot of research. And uh-huh. I love your story. You are fascinating human being who has been through a lot and you're fucking hilarious, but thank you. You're in New York. You're a native New Yorker. Yep. Born and raised, born and raised in Brookline, New York, (laughs) also known as Brooklyn, you motherfuckers, Um, son of Haitian immigrants, your mother Solange and your father Maurice Uh immigrated to the United States when they were in their twenties. Your father was an engineer and they were very strict parents. Yes. You know, my parents well. You have two brothers. Three, no, three brothers. Oh, fuck. <laughs> fuck. I did so much fucking research. Fuck. You have three brothers. What number are you? I'm number three. Oh, so you're like low middle. So you're like, you're pr- pretty much the forgotten child, but. Probably. Yeah. And are you close with them? Are you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm yeah. close to my brothers. Love them very uh, much. And do they all live in the New York City area? No. Uh, my little brother lives in Vegas. My older brother lives near Philly. And my uh, second older brother lives in Long Island. All right. Well, the so, ba- who the fuck lives in Vegas? My little brother. His, he follows his job, so. Wow. Well, fuck him. Yeah. All right. I hate Vegas. I mean, no, I don't. I love people who live in Vegas. I love you. Okay. So I, your childhood is so fascinating because you, you're, you're in Brooklyn and you're, you're a Haitian. Um, and it's not good in the eighties and nineties to be Haitian. We had a president who wouldn't even say the word AIDS and people were blaming AIDS on the Haitians. Yeah. In fact, he, he stopped Haitians from coming to the country because he thought, they needed someone to a scapegoat for AIDS. That's my opinion. Right. And so they're like, well, is the Haitians doing it? It's like, as you know. Yeah. I mean, we also have the gay men, but, you know, it's it's as long as they're a marginalized group, then, you know, these people can use them as scapegoats. It's, but, it's easy to use them as, a, as the antagonist. Right. So you're in Brooklyn and you're sort of, 
embarrassed of your parents because of their sort of their values. And when I was younger, I was yeah, embarrassed. Yeah, younger, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we're talking about when you were a kid. Well, I, you know what? I had old parents. My parents were 41 and 48 when I was born. And uh-huh. I, they had different values than everyone. And I, and, you know, kids are supposed to be embarrassed of their parents. But, you know, you had sort of a double whammy because they were immigrants. And your father taught you to pretend that you're Jamaican. Is that correct? No, no. Oh. <laughs> I, okay, so I'm going to tell you a quick story. So yeah. my, my parents was all about education and religion. Right. And they thought those are two, two things to make, to make a great human being. Right. In fact, my parents never raised us on the color, a color black. They right. they thought be nice to people and be as smart as you could be, and that's how you elevate in the world. Right. So no matter who you are, what you look like, if you become really smart and you become very spiritual and you treat people the way you want to be treated, they, they will see past color. That's all the armor you need. Is yes. Better. Yeah. So they put us in, in in Catholic school, right? Me and my four brothers, me and my three brothers. And um, so for a long time, I didn't know I was black. I found out I was black <laughs> um, in Catholic school. So we went to this Catholic school, it was an all white school. Maybe there was like one or two black people in our school. And we got bullied every day, every day, right? And so my mother used to think it was us. She was blaming us. She said, what do you do? Because this is a religious school. Right. You know, they, they don't bother nobody. They do all these right, things. Right. And, God. and so one day my mother went to the school and she brought us to the school to speak to the principal about our behavior. And we were sitting at the, on the chairs, me and my brothers, at the, against the wall. And across from the chairs was the signing decks with the lady who signed people in. So my right. mom got up. She went and signed in. Right. She turned around to come back and sit with us. When she turned around to sit down, the lady or the secretary grabbed the pen with a napkin and threw it in the garbage. No fucking way. So my mother said, she had a strong accent. She said, why you throw that in the garbage? And the lady was like, oh, it, the pen doesn't work. My mother got up and went in the garbage. Now me and my brother was embarrassed that she was pale. You know, so right. like, oh, she did in the garbage from, and she pulled out the pen and she scribbled on the paper. And um, and it worked. she said it worked. And the lady go, oh, I I, I really couldn't remember what she said, but right. she said, she said, oh, I, I, I guess it works now. My mother turned around to us and she said, let's go, right? And we all got up and we started walking on lived about five blocks. And we were scared, we were nervous. And we thought we did something to the pen because my mother was taught walking in front right. and tailing behind. And we would kept bickering about, I didn't do nothing to the pen. I don't even right. use pens. I use pencils. I, I right. thought pens was for grown-ups. So my older brother had the guts and courage to ask my mother, Ma, what happened? And my mother didn't say anything. She just turned around and she did this. She went like this. She rubbed her index finger on the back of her other hand. Right. Right? So, and so, so we, we just thought, me and my younger brothers, we thought we didn't take a shower, we're dirty. Right. You know, and we was like, I took a shower today. I don't know, you know. And right. my older brother knew what it meant. My older brother goes and say, no, no, it's because we're black. And I said, we're black? 
because I had, I didn't know right. until now. I heard it. I was in the second grade. I heard it, my, right. but my parents never raised us on a, a black thing. They raised us on just being a human being thing. Right. If that makes sense. And I, I hope I'm making sense. Yeah, you are. So, so, so now in the school, they used to call me Blackie, right? But I thought they was calling me Blackie because my, my, my nail, my fingernail on my index finger is black. It's okay. a rare condition that, you know, you know, I think every 10 kids have, right? So okay. my uh, boys, I think boys, my index finger is black. So I thought when they was calling me Blackie, they was talking about my index finger. Right. My nail. So I used to put my finger inside my palm when I go to school so no one could see it. And it would still be like, they go blacky. I'm like, how can they see my finger? In right, my right, palm? right. And I used to walk around with my hand in my pocket and still, they go blacky. I'm like, they can still see this nail. Right. You know, and then I, and lo and behold, they were not talking about my nail. It just shows you how prejudice is taught. It's not, it's not an innate quality that you're born with that. Your mother, you know, focusing on be a good person and get an education, learn, 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 learn. Right. And that she never made you feel other or made you feel like, um, I mean, I just fucking love her for not. She didn't put all her shit that she probably went through onto you. It, it was like they came over here. And they were literally starting a new life and creating these great people with their core values, which I can't, it's like, that doesn't happen a lot with, no matter what color you are, you know, how come they left Haiti? Was it economic? Uh, uh, The the government, I believe my dad and, and, and obviously um, opportunity. Because in, in Haiti, no matter how hard you work, you could bust your ass. They still know. They still no little to no opportunity in right, America. Right. You could work really hard. There's very small opportunity, but at least there's some opportunity. You know, right? My dad, you know, he he busted ass. He got like maybe seven degrees, a degree in refrigeration, right? And conditioning and roofing, like electrical, right? Um, and um, and he bought he bought his first house in. I believe in 67, I think I, I was not even born yet. And then he, you know, no, it's 69. And then he uh-huh. bought another house and then he just kept, you know, and, and he, you know, working and working and working, working and working. Did, yeah. did you, did they leave their families behind their parents? And yeah, they, yeah, they had, they, they had to, because, oh. you know, they, they, it's like, you, you can't help the poor if you're one of them, you know, right. the expression. Yeah. So, but but when he got to a certain level, he started helping the family back in Haiti, either sending them money or supplies, you know, or, or actually some family members, he helped them come here. Right. You know, legally. So anybody's listening is not illegally. Yeah. And go fuck it. And if you are listening for that shit, don't listen anymore. I fucking hate you. OK. <laughs> and uh, and he, you know, let them stay. Uh, my dad had like he bought an apartment building. And he let some family members stay for a real low rent. Right. So, you know. So your mother would take you and your brothers shopping to to department stores or grocery stores. And she was so Haitian. She was still in that mindset that I need to bargain with these people. Right. She was a haggler. Yeah. Yeah. So 
I read a story where you were uh, at the grocery store and she's haggling and haggling and you're embarrassed and you stood by the um, bags and you said, oh, I, don't, I don't know what's going on. I don't know this woman. I'm just a bad boy. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Because this is at Pathmark. <laughs> I love. Yeah. And she was um, she it was not it was, at this point it was not haggling. It was more like she'll carefully watch the, the cashier ring things up and she's watching right. every item and watching what the register says and right. and then she'll stop everybody stop packing stop packing <laughs> 90 cents why you charge me 95 cents for what why five cents i'm, I'm like ma i'll give you five cents. i didn't say that <laughs> right but <laughs> you're saying i'll give yeah. you five cents when we get home like it's five cents it is like a long line and she's stopping the, the you know the the assembly line because it was me and my brother's packer is like an assembly line you know right <laughs> of of workers and 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 then um she'll make a big deal and, and the lady was like it's ninety five cents and then I just like you know when people are looking I'm like man I'm just work here hey you want to be up here <laughs> I'm to finish this <laughs> but you know I mean it's I mean that is so funny and clever and um. And it's just, I, I you know, I, as the more I read about you and learn about you. But you at the same time, yeah. whenever they undercharge, she never said nothing. <laughs> and as soon as she got outside, it was a huge thing. Oh, this is 80 cents. And she only charged me 70 cents. Ah, I, I made 10 cents. I'm like, <laughs> okay. It was like the talk of uh, all the way right. home. Like, you know, and then and then somehow she turns to education. Okay, you get to education, so you'll do stupid shit like that. Right, you'll do stupid right. stuff like that. She never credit right. She'll do stupid stuff like that. Right. Okay, I made ten cents because she's stupid. Right. I'm like, okay. So, I mean, it's like she's always was all. She's like a prophet trying to teach you, you know, how to be in the world and what's important. Yeah. Uh, you know, the more I read about you and get to know you, it's like. I feel like you had this, oh, this is something I feel like we have in common, this strong mother who didn't take any shit from anyone and would mm-hmm. call people out on their shit and, and a father who was dedicated to his work and bettering, you know, his life and being a good person. And, and that, that idea of strict parents of, I mean, these old fashioned values that separates you from so many kids of your generation. Nah, yeah. It, it, you know what I mean? I was growing, it was not good when I was growing up. <laughs> I know. I Same with me. I was like, yeah. You know, I love my liquid IV, that I drink liquid IV pretty much every day. And I love it because it keeps me hydrated. I travel with it because it's in little packets. It tastes great. It's an amazing product. It hydrates better than water alone. Three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drinks. Eight vitamins and nutrients, non-GMO. But here's the best part. You know I've been bragging about Ben, my son Ben, who plays basketball. His team, his entire team... They love Liquid IV. I mean, they are number four in the nation. They are an amazing team. They've done better than ever this year. Dare I say it's because of the Liquid IV? I'm not going to say for sure, but I'm telling you, 
these athletes love liquid IV. They love all the flavors, strawberry, lemonade. I love the watermelon. I never give them any of my watermelon. They have sugar-free, white peach, green grape, lemon, lime. It makes you feel great. And if you need a little caffeine, the, the uh, lemon ginger is beyond, beyond. And I know they use it while they're working out. I'm pretty sure they might use it after a game that they won and went out and had, you know, a couple of drinky poos. But that being said, I love Liquid IV. They're a great sponsor. They're a great product. And I honestly couldn't live without them. And it's winter still. You need to be hydrated. Hydration is very important. So weekends are for going wild, as you all know. Have a game plan for Monday. That's what you need. I just had this conversation with Ben's girlfriend. I said, if you're going to go out and party, you need a game plan. And what's your game plan? Liquid IV. Weekends are for going wild. Have a game plan for Monday with Liquid IV. Grab your Liquid IV hydration multiplier sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco or get 20% off your first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use code JudyGold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Superior Hydration today using promo code JudyGold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, at liquidiv.com. You're welcome. You loved Richard Pryor uh, mm. growing up. You also doodled a lot as a kid. Oh, I, do, yeah. I read this article where you said you would collect piles of drawings. You draw all weekend, doodle all weekend, mostly of superheroes, uh-huh. right? And and on Monday morning, you would bring them to school and put them on your desk and all the kids would be like, whoa, wow. Right. So, and so then, ju- yeah. Junior high school when I is when I first got so my mother after the after Catholic school, my mother took us out immediately and put us in a public school. Were all and four of you in the Catholic school? All four of us. School? All four of us went to a Catholic school and then she took us out and put us in public school. And then in the public school for the first time in my life, I saw other kids that looked like me. Right. Other kids that did not look like me. It was a mixture versus a Catholic school just black and white. This school was like Spanish, white. Black, right, Asian. right, and and I for some I just felt so happy in this, and I got and I be I made friends for the first time. That was elementary school, but when I went to uh, junior high school for the first time, I got into drawing and I was drawing a lot. So I would I would take a whole weekend to draw a picture, and on Monday I would show it to the class. I don't know how that became a thing. Where right, you know, right. we got a new picture, we got a new picture. So I I so I I was drawing this picture. I drew this picture. I think it was Spider-Man versus the Hulk. I can't really remember. And um, and and I had one, one of those binders, the dungaree made out of like dungaree or yeah, 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 yeah. It and it had a pocket. Did it have a pocket on it? No, no pocket. But it had those three clamps. Yes, yes, yes. Right, the thick clamps. Yeah. And so it was one of those binders, right? Just so you could understand, right? It had that right. metal, that metal thing inside. Yeah. That held the clamps. And the paper, so I opened it, and and boom, and all the kids was around my desk, and they're like, whoa, that's dope. Out of nowhere, a tiny little roach came from under the clamp. A cockroach. And another cockroach, and, and it was like, next, before you know it, it was like 16 or 8, 20 cockroaches oh, coming sorry. out. And then someone screamed, he got roaches. 
right? And this guy named Lamont grabbed my bonnet, threw it on the floor, and started stepping on the roaches and my pictures and stomping it. And the kids was running, the girls was running, screaming. The guys was laughing and pointing. They called me Roach Boy for a week or months, probably. And then I don't know how they found out I was Haitian. I must have told them I was Haitian. And they, they kept saying it's a Haitian thing or he's Haitian, he do voodoo. And then I got bullied about being Haitian and, and having roaches and, you know, doing voodoo and having That was it. That became your identity. And that became, and that became a thing. And, and um, I couldn't escape it. Before that, when you were in the Catholic school, were, were you like sort of, do I believe, like, were you questioning your religion at that time? Not, not like, until I was 21. I okay. was a diehard Catholic. I, I could okay. have easily been one of Jesus' disciples. Okay. The 13th disciple. Right. <laughs> that's how much I was into the, 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 the belief, the, the, right. the, the religion. So uh, it was know, gui- just, it was a guiding principle, and you were like, oh, right? "Okay, yeah." But it, it's, it's a number of two things. Two things. Number one, I I, I believe in the, in the religion. Number two, it was also a way to get out the house. Right. So my parents were so strict. So I went to Saturday school. I went to church. I would, I went to Thursday choir rehearsal. I, I came and sing. I just went to choir rehearsal right. and just showed up. You know, just talking. You know, hey, look, I'm outside, just chilling. You know, but in my parents' eyes. As long as I was going to church or school, they were happy. You know? Were any of your brothers rebellious? No, my older brother a little bit, but but you know, the belt put them in line. Yeah, I, I got the belt. I got the belt. Yeah. No one gets the belt now. Then you go to jail. Um the worst line is when my when you do something and my and my parents were one of my parents like, go get the belt, go get the belt. Right. Or my oh. dad would say, go find something so I can beat your ass with. Right. So the, 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 the psychology on your mind. I know. You got to go find something to whoop your own ass. And mind you, it can't be too small because he'll get even angry. Like, you right. think I'm stupid? <laughs> you think I'm stupid? And it can't be too big because that's your ass. Right. And so you got to find the Goldilocks of belts. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. I remember that. When you moved to a new high school, you we're starting to hear horrible shit about Haitians, correct? Like, yeah. Well, well, when I went to the high school, it was a high school far away from my home. Like I had to take two trains to get there. Right. And then, um, I'm about to having a good ass time, you know, meeting kids, meeting, you know, meeting people going to class. And then one day a group of kids was chilling and one of the kids go, yo, you got an accent. Where you from? I'm like, ah, oh, here we go again. And then I just said, yo, I'm Jamaican. They oh, hey, man. And next thing you know, I was the coolest kid. I was Jamaican. I was, I was, you know, Bob Marley, you know. Right. And then I had to keep this up. I had to, you know, every, like, when I'm talking to people, I would just blurt out something Jamaican. I'm like, yo, man, I didn't do, I didn't get to do the homework. Blood clot, blood clot. You know, <laughs> hey, um, do you know anybody know what time science starts? Booyaka, booyaka. <laughs> you know, and then one kid just asked me, yo, why you keep doing that? Y'all do it. I'm Jamaican. Yo, don't question that. That's what we do. Right. You know? And, and did uh, you tell anyone? Did your brothers know that you were faking you were Jamaican? No, no, no. I didn't know. No, we, you know, we, we, we never talked about it. You got to stand right there. My, my parents never really talked about the Haitian culture or the Haitian struggle. Like, I wish they did to make us appreciate 
the Haitian lifestyle more. Why do you think they they shielded you from that? I I don't think I, I don't know. I not that they shield. It was not a shield thing because they were right. proud to be Haitian. They were very proud, but but at the time it was a thing where they no one was really learning about people's background. I think or cultures. It was not a thing. You know, hey, learn about your history. You know that that was that didn't come to like the mid nineties or late nineties about learning who you are and where you're from, you know? They didn't really talk a lot about... The, the Haitian... Like, my mother would listen to Haitian radio stations. She would talk And she about, had friends, Haitian friends, had friends, right? But, but for some reason, they... I, 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 don't, I don't know how to word it or phrase it, but at the time, it was not like a thing to talk about. Not that you we were ashamed or they were ashamed, but it's not something that, hey... Tell us what happened to Haiti. It was, it was not right. Know, it was like from from the for now and on. We it was the, the most conversations we were about. Right. So they were looking at towards the future and really trying yeah. to leave that behind them. Unlike the Jews who talk about it all the fucking time. Uh, well, but- which I think is great because you you the more you know about where you come where you come from your your past the, the more you know who you are and where you would want to go in life. Right. And not repeat the mistakes. And not repeat the mistakes. Yeah. All right. So you move to a new high school in 10th grade. You are a very, very good student, correct? Uh, Yeah, I had to get. um, Well, I'm good because my belt kept us good. Right. Right. So one of my dad's thing was if anybody get left back, they would have to spend the entire summer. The entire summer in the house, can't go outside, can't even look out the window. You have to study, you have to read out loud every day, and you have to do all the chores in the house. And I remember that used to scare the shit out of me. I'm like, like, because the summer was all we had. Right. You know, it was like, it's like, because we, during school days, right, we had to be in the house by 5 p.m. And by that, I mean, we could, we, we were allowed to be on the porch and that's it, but we couldn't be outside the porch or across the street. We, for a long time, we were not allowed to be across the street. So we had to be on the porch up until five and at 5 p.m. inside the house. Summertime, we were allowed to be outside till 9 p.m. and we could even like rub, run up and down the block. You know, I remember one time we, 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 crossed the, we were allowed to cross the street for the first time. And I, I was just fascinated of looking at my house from the other side of the street. I'm like, wow, this is how people sees us. Right. This side of the street, you know, and I would just, it just blew my mind. And then, and, and that was our summer. And I just remember, my, my, I used to love summers. And you know, then, that's so incredible. Can you imagine imposing those rules on a child today? They'd be like, go fuck yourself. Go, oh, go like, fuck yourself. Yeah. Like, as long as the internet and my video game is right. there, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. You were the only Haitian family in your neighborhood. Is that correct? That I knew that, that I knew of. So what happened is, may, maybe the Jewish people like this, there was a lot of, I call them closet Haitians. Right. right? We, we, like I said, we pretend we were not Haitian. We didn't want to get right. bullied. There was a lot of hate on Haitians. So we was the only ones that I knew of. As I got older, when I got to college, I found out there was three other Haitian families. I thought they were African-American and they were Haitian. I'm like, wait, you're Haitian too? 
you never said nothing. And then my friend, the Liz, the, girl, the person I'm talking about, she said, you never said nothing. So you're just as guilty of right. causing Haitian as I am. And then we laughed about it. And like, wow. So it was like, they, Haitians, the Haitians that, that, that admit that they are Haitian, to me, for the most part, are the ones that live around other Haitians where you could, where you could, um, have friends, you could communicate, you have a you you have some people that you can relate to. But when you're right. the only one on your block like that and you know it's not good to to admit it, then you're like, uh yeah. You know? I mean it's like in being in the closet, you know? Um all Jewish people I, I heard that you guys just pretend you're not Jewish, right? When the when Well the- there are there are Jews who assimilate they change the last names right they they join like country clubs that don't allow jews i mean there's so many closeted jews no, but and I people, understand that, yeah. that to be in the in the you know 50s or whatever but why yeah. now why are they doing it now it i feel like it's well there's a lot of anti-semitism but i do think it's it's shame brought down from generation to generation you know that these people don't want that to be their identifier i mean I'm proud. I am proud. You're proud of your, you know, but oh my God. Yeah. It's, it's disconcerting. And it, and it may, I don't know. It makes me feel bad. Like really? So you're well, just well, going to well, deny? I'm proud. I'm proud now. Like right. obviously when I was in high school, when I got to college, that's when I became proud. That's when right. I, was, I I started learning about the the culture right. and, 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 and the Haitians, this little group of, our slaves beat the big French army. Right. You know, uh, and so it's like, this is what I'm saying, like history and education is so important because if I would have known that, I think I would have owned up and I would have kicked those bullies in the ass. Right. You know what what we did to the French, bitch? Yeah. Do you understand now why your parents did that? No, they didn't hide the fact they were Haitian. Right. But are, but I'm saying, do you understand why they didn't you know, harp on that? And like, well, you go tell those kids, you know, like. No, well, well I, I never told me it's because I, I never told my parents why I got right. I just, right. you know, they just my dad was fight back until you have to. Right. So like, we don't let words or whatever get to you. But if they get physical, then then, you know, yeah, stand up for yourself. Yeah. yeah. Hey, everyone, you know, one of my favorite things in life, if not my most favorite thing in life, which, yeah, it's arguably my most favorite thing in life besides my kids and is food and eating. Eating is my favorite activity and eating is better and easier with Factor. Factor, I'm telling you, I tried their stuff. It is delicious. It is great. It is high quality and they are, when I say ready to eat meals, they're ready to eat in two minutes. They're not frozen. They're never frozen. They're chef crafted, dietitian approved, and literally you heat them for two minutes. Every week you have over 35 options to choose from. They have calorie smart, protein plus, keto. I just did chef's choice. 60 or more add-ons that you can stay fueled up. They had these juice shots that were incredible. These are restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat when you are ready to eat. 
That's it. And they're really good. Elisa loved them too. There's no prep. There's no mess. I've tried a lot of these different kinds of meals. Factor is amazing and so convenient. It's so great to get home from a long day of like schlepping around and knowing you have this delicious meal waiting for you in the refrigerator that takes two minutes to heat up. And you can pause, you can reschedule your deliveries at any time. It is a great solution for those nights and days that you're looking for fast, great, delicious options with no cooking required. Okay? And factor is less expensive than takeout. So what are you going to do? Because I'm telling you, you have to believe me. I never lie. Factor is amazing. You're going to head to Factor Meals, F-A-C-T-O-R-M-E-A-L-S, dot com slash Judy Gold 50, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50, five zero, okay? Judy Gold 50. And use code J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50, Judy Gold 50, to get 50% off. That's code Judy Gold 50 at factormeals.com slash Judy Gold 50 and get 50% off. It's worth it. You're welcome. All right, so you go to City College of New York, yep. right? And you study electrical engineering. Electromechanical engineering. Uh, electro, oh yeah, that's what I wrote that down, sorry. The only school that was teaching electromechanical engineering at the time, which is a study of robots, which is a combination of electronics and meets mechanics. Did you, where did your brothers, what did they end up studying? My, me and my sec, second older brother, we studied the same major. My older brother, I forgot what he studied. And my younger brother, he studied um, something to do with food. I can't remember the title. Okay. So your your older brother goes to college. So this is like, your parents are probably like, you know, bing, you know what I mean? Well, look, look, we all went to college. Right. No, I, yeah, I'm just saying. My parents food. was like, us all those going to college, my parents were more like, that's what, you, that's what you're supposed to do. Right, right, right. As opposed to, oh, well, my, my kids go to college. Like, right. That's what they're going to do. That's the way I grew up, too. Like, There's like, it, wasn't, it wasn't a choice. It's not yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah, I exactly. think I'd make a... No, it's like, no, you go to college. And then you decide whether you want uh, an, an advanced degree after that. But you will yeah. be getting a bachelor's degree. There's no question. Right. Okay. So it's like, it's like I remember when some, some lady, a neighbor, was so happy that her kid went to college. Right. And my parents are just looking at her like, Okay. <laughs> so you start, what, how did you get interested in, um, Election. in ro- robots and, and all of that kind of stuff? I, I mean, remember one day, um, my dad bought a digital clock, right? And I, I woke up like 5 a.m. I remember looking at the digital clock. It was five o'clock and then it went to 501 and five. And I was just fascinated. Like, what is ma- what's making it do that? How is going from right. O to 10? Like, I was just fascinated. I, 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 and I remember I opened the clock one time and I was looking at the components. I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Like, so I so I and that's what got me into technology and stuff. So you graduate. Mm-hmm. But did you live at home? You lived at home during college? Yes, living at home, yep. Did you hate that? (laughs) Huh? 
Did you do you feel like you didn't get a college life because of that? No, I didn't. I didn't. I'm not one of these. Uh, I missed the college 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 life because I didn't know much about the college life. Like you right. know, going to a dorm and going away. Right, right, right. You know, I was just happy that you know, um, I didn't get left back <laughs> in in the high in high school, elementary school, and then um, I I found something that was happy. I love. You know, I wanted to get into. And um, at the college, I got me a job at this company called International Robotics, where I was building robots. And I was like, you know, where else am I going to find a job like this? You know, and actually one of the robots I worked on was in the movie Rocky Four. Did you see? No. Yeah. So, so Rocky, I think it was Rocky's trainer or whatever. It was his birthday. And so the robot comes out with a cake. Happy birthday. Uh, you know, I came up with what the robot said. You get this job. Do you have to like get dressed up? Like, what is it like? Are you living at no, home with I your just parents? Came, I wore the same outfit I wore, I wear on the stage. <laughs> you and but your father growing up ne- wore the same pants every day. Is that correct? My, dad, my dad's thing was as long as your clothes is clean, where like what's what why buy a new outfit? Why buy new clothes? You know, he'll, 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 he wore the same pants every day. And in in, we had a wash a lot dryer in our house. Right, in our house. right. And, he'll, and as soon as he get home, we'll wash his clothes. And then if they weren't ready, he had another set of pants that looked just like the, the pants. But I never understood that until now. I'm like, you know what? Buying new clothes, wearing clothes, is it, it just to impress other people. You, right, you, right. right. Uh, you know, I think people realize that during the pandemic, too. It's like, wait a minute. I've saved so much fucking money not buying shit to wear that I'm going to wear once or twice. You know, it's like yeah. ridiculous. You you have this regular job. I mean, you love comedy, right? Yeah, I you love comedy. Love, um, um, you had a boss who also loved comedy. Is that correct? Yeah, my yeah. Maris Ambass. His name was Maris. And he sort of got you into, is that who got you into? He, he, he got me to, he got me to push me to like pursue it. Because my right. parents was like, you know, anti, like, do you, tell a joke for what? Right. To tell us, my mom and dad told me to tell him a joke. But I never joke with my dad. And now right. he wants me to tell me a joke. Let me see if you're good. Like, no. Right. <laughs> And so Maris really got me into, you know, to follow and pursue. And I'm like, because you were were funny at work, right? Yeah, I was funny-ish at work. But my thing, yeah, I was really, actually, I was, they they would laugh, just remember they were laughing. But I used to think like, he's he's trying to get me to follow and pursue my career in comedy, but I'm like, but I work for you. (laughs) Right. Like, are you trying to tell me something? Like, I'm not getting But it's, your parents, never thought of the arts as a career. They thought no, of it no. as, okay, you want to draw, draw, uh, but you got to work and work. And which I think is a common uh, mindset of immigrants, I, you know, that no, this is the only way the surefire it's, it was because of security, you know, like yeah. it's an interesting mindset and people still have it. Like, uh, right. you know, I have relatives that their kids want to go into the arts and they're like, oh, and they're like, don't talk to me about like you're you're complaining to me about your kid wanting to be an actor or a writer or, a, you know, a pottery maker. You're 
no, I'm the wrong person, you know? Right. Yeah. In fact, my, my parents was like, uh, my dad was like, um, he also always pushed, learn as much as you can. Right. You know, your mind is like space. It's unlimited the amount of information you can learn. The people you can learn about the religion, different religions you can learn about, different cultures, different ethnicities. The more you learn about the world, you could travel with never without ever leaving your your place. Right. You know, well, I mean, he didn't really. What he said was, you you open your head and you put things inside. You put things inside, and and when you go to college, there are so many choices. So, but the choices were like doctor, lawyer, engineer. So many choices you could be. Right. Doctor, lawyer, engineer. Was the choices? Those are the choices. Yeah, but he, to him, those are a lot of. Look at all the choices. You could become in life. Doctor, lawyer, engineer. So I became an engineer because I was really good with math, science, and physics. Yeah, me too. <laughs> oh, God, that's funny. Yeah. So you started doing uh, comedy, stand-up, behind your parents' back. Yep. Um, and that was in 1997, am I correct? No, no, 90, no, good Lord. No, it was earlier. Yeah, 94. Oh, no, no, no. 94. And then you, yeah. yeah. So you started doing it. Where where did you go? I went to this place called the Uptown Comedy Club. Oh, yeah. yeah. I do you remember the comedian named Dougie Doug? Yes. Dougie Doug is the one. I, I was up in Harlem and I ran to Dougie Doug and I saw him in the street. I said, yo, dude, oh my God, I love your comedy. And he invited me to come to the Uptown Comedy Club. And I remember when I went there, I, my mind, I never, by the way, I, I never been, at this point in my life, I've never been to a dance club. I've never been to a comedy club. I never, Crazy. I never. So this And you're living life. in New York City. Like, I don't think people are understanding. You're yeah. in the center of the world and you are completely sheltered. Like you've never been to these, where kids are sneaking out of like high school to go, you know? Right. And, 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 and of course, I never drank, never did any drugs. Right. But, but yes, most of it had to do with my parents. But after I got older, I realized, like, nah, I don't need this stuff. You know, I'm not, I was not peer pressured. But I went to a comedy club. It blew my mind just watching people just so sitting. So you walk in. I walk after in. never being in a club. Yeah. What would, Can you just explain what that was like? I, 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 it looked like, okay, you remember when you go to register school or college? And kids are walking in and, you know, I'm walking in and I felt like I had that feeling at first. And then, and they said, they told me the price. I said, oh, Dougie Doug invited me. Oh, Dougie Doug, oh, Dougie Doug, come on in. I'm like, oh, shoot. I just name dropped for the first time in my life. Yeah. And then, and then they walked me and they brought me to a seat in the back of the room. And I would just, I remember sitting down. I just remember and then it remind, it remind, again, it reminded me of like college or school when you had an auditorium and they're about to watch a movie or something. Or, or, and then the show started and my I just remember just like, holy, sh the jokes is coming out so fast. Right. I was laughing. One of the best things in, in life, the reason why I like comedy, one of the best things in life to me, or the three best things is laughing, laughing. Oh. Laughing your ass off. Hallelujah. I right? do not want to live in a world without laughter. Sorry, the most important thing. Number two, laugh. eating healthy foods, eating right. healthy foods. If you think about the best times of your life, right? We spend it with our friends either laughing or eating great food, right? right? And, you know, the third one is 
orgasms, but that's a whole right. different story. Yeah. But those are three things in life where you could you could do it's just like the natural body. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. So I just know being in this space and just laughing for an hour and a half, laughing my ass off. And then every time you know the host came out, I'm like, what the hell is this? I just remember like this is what people are doing. Right. You started doing it when you were doing it behind your parents' back. Did you tell anyone in your family? Did you tell any of your brothers? My brother. My brothers know, obviously. Okay, so your brothers know. And then you start doing comedy and you always had, you always struggled with enunciating words because of your Haitian parents. It was a combination of stuff. Okay. I had a, I had a lazy tongue. I had a Haitian accent. I have a lazy that. tongue too. Hey, now. <laughs> that's a lesbian joke, people. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had a Haitian accent that we're trying to get rid of. So, right. You know, um, I didn't pronounce words properly, and then a lot of times I didn't give a damn. Right. You know, so when I so I used to talk a lot with my with hands. your hands and your body. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, like I went flying and then and then I was driving my car, you know. Right. So so at least if you didn't understand what I said when you saw this, like, OK, you right. must have said driving the car. Right. You know? It's it's also a very active and theatrical way to tell a story. Thank you so much for listening to part one of Kill Me Now with my friend Will Sylvans. I love him. <laughs> Kill Me Now is produced by Laura Vogel, edited by Colin Schmeling. Podcast would not be possible without the help, love, and dedication of Brittany Jo Sowards. Now, if you like the show, you should be a subscriber, okay? If you don't like the show, then I don't know why you're even listening to this, because that means you listen to the end. But you should subscribe. You should leave a review. You should tell everyone you know about this podcast, okay? Because it's a labor of love. It's a labor of love. And I need more listeners. I need a lot, but I would love to have more listeners. If you are living in the uh, Florida area, (laughs) get it, Florida area, it's a whole state. No, if you're living near Boca, I will be performing in Boca on November 6th. That's November 6th. It's a Saturday night at the Raz Room in Misner Park. Okay. Oh, God. Daylight savings time ends on the 7th, which is going to be so fucking depressing. Also, you know, if you haven't purchased my book and you're thinking about, you know, free speech and Chappelle and all this other shit, you know, my book would be very helpful. Yes, I can say that when they come for the comedians, we're all in trouble. It's a great book. And the audiobook is also great. And I'm great. You know what I'm saying? Just kidding. But, uh, well, no, I am kind of great. That's it. That's all I have to say to you. Uh, please go to my website if you want any information on me. I don't know why you would, but, you know, I am a fascinating person. JudyGold.com. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at JudyGold, J-E-W-D-Y-G-O-L-D, you know, because I'm a Jew. <laughs> God, I'm funny. Anyway, um, wear a mask, get vaxxed, get your booster. Uh, holidays are coming. So uh, I don't know what that means, but it means that the holidays are coming and it's 95 degrees. So that's really not scary at all, is it? But anyway, thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate your love and support and listening to my podcast and just being you. And as we always say, so long. Don't forget to tune in next week to Just Kill Me Now. Um, or, it's Just Kill Me oh. Don't forget to turn uh, for part two on Just Kill Me.
now it's not. It's just. Just kill me. Now. No, no, Judy no. Gold's just kill me. Just kill me now. Just kill me now. <laughs>